0: there is no sign of inflation abating just yet, or of Vladimir Putin pulling his troops from the Ukraine border. That means there's more caution in the markets this morning. Some of it Ukraine related, some of it inflation related. CPI is up in the UK, South Africa, Canada, and US retail sales have risen sharply. That's not going to ease those price pressures either. In Europe, one or two ECB members are starting to get nervous about house prices. Only in China do they seem to have inflation under control, and the potential for more easing by the central bank whilst in oz well guy DeBell has said definitely to the senate that they will either lift rates this year or not thanks for that aussie labor market data is the biggie today as well it's thursday the 17th of february 2022 it's the morning call from nap good morning Well, the US dollar is down a bit today. It's lost a quarter percent on the DXY index. But yesterday's optimism in equity markets was short-lived, it seems. Uh, Shares are back down again today, although they are coming back a bit later in trade. The Nasdaq had lost one and a quarter percent, but just 0.1 percent down at close. The S&P 500 was down 0.7%, but actually finished a quarter percent up. Uh, the Dow just 0.15% down. Smaller, somewhat insignificant falls in Europe, though, but bond yields are down there. UK 10-year gilts had fallen six basis points. German bonds down three, whereas 10-year treasuries in the US down just two basis points at the moment, but moving uh, within a sort of five basis point range uh, in today's trade. Two years have lost about three basis points. The Aussie dollar is up 0.6%. The pound is up 0.4%. The euro up 0- point two percent and oil back on the rise although it too has eased off a little later in the session even so it's about one point four percent up for wti and brent brent actually also t- almost touched ninety six dollars of course it got higher than that earlier in the week uh, so one hundred dollars is inevitable it seems the question is uh, how much higher can it go well let's talk to dat nab's david de based in london about just that there's clearly more uncertainty rising oil prices falling stocks, sort of. I guess that the one concern is what happens to oil if Biden starts to impose sanctions on Russia? Can the world do without Russian oil when the oil, oil industry, as it is, is, is struggling to meet its OPEC capacity limits?
1: Indeed. So obviously you're going to get those knee-jerk reactions, aren't you, Phil? So, you know, it'll probably, you know, spike $5, 10 15 $20 a barrel or something like that initially. And it's going to take time to get more clarity about whether... Russia is effectively shut out of the the world oil system now. Iran's sort of been ostracized, but, you know, I think most market operators tend to think that, you know, that oil does find its way back into the market, you know, whether it's through China or or through elsewhere. But nevertheless, you're going to get those knee-jerk reactions, you would think, and, of course, gas prices as well. Maybe some uh, prices in base metals because Russia is a large Producer of uh, nickel, copper, and aluminium, but um, it all depends on what the sanctions mean and whether it interrupts the economics and. Uh you know, the, the supply of uh, goods and services to the West, and, and, of course, it affects
0: exports to Russia as well. If indeed... It, Potentially. If it happens, exactly, because Russia is saying they're they're happens. pulling back their forces. The Americans are saying there's no proof of that. In fact, they're saying they appear to be building up their forces, uh, and their intelligence is saying it could happen any day now, and here we all are sitting in the middle, wondering news yeah. telling the well, truth. Well, it was supposed to be today. wasn't today the day mm. the U.S. Well, intelligence I, I, service well, said it was going to happen. Yeah. I'd heard that he said it could happen from today. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> 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 Coming tomorrow, or it could be in twenty twenty six. But uh, one thing we can say is it, it didn't happen yesterday. So we, uh, you know, we're certain Indeed. On that. Indeed. So who knows where it's going to go? But look, uh, the oil obviously it is going up with all these concerns. That's continuing to add to all the inflation pressures mm. and supply chains. That you know, lots of news on that today. If we look at the producer prices in the UK this morning. The output price is up 1.2% in January or 9.9% over 12 months. That's yes. 60, 60.7% increase in petroleum products, so that doesn't help. But, uh, you know, machinery and equipment, it's not just oil, is it? It's supply chains as well. Machinery and equipment is up 14.1% over the year. Mm. Chemicals mm. and pharmaceuticals up 15.9%. The only good news seems to be that, you know, some import prices have come down a bit. So. Maybe.
1: Uh, I think, you know, the big big thing for the UK, Phil, is if it was just the inflation numbers that the, that the Bank of England had to focus on you know they'd be pushing up rates pretty quickly right now but um you've got factors that are acting as headwinds to the economy you know we've talked about it many times the, um, the coming off gen uh reset in on in april the national insurance yeah. charge rises and so forth
0: consumers are getting squeezed up. in all directions absolutely uh, but, but the odd, th- odd thing is the
1: market fill is pricing in about 100 basis points from the bank of england in the next three meetings it's very very aggressive up. You know, we think maybe one by the middle of the year, but um, not three or four. It could be quite damaging, right? couldn't it? I think for the moment, mm. uh, Phil, really the, the, the test is whether the Fed is now inclined to go 50 or 25 when they meet in March. So the market is waiting for signals on that. And, of course, we've had Bullard, we've had Kashkari and others, you know, giving their own points of view, various points of view, but we haven't really heard from Powell or Brainard or that sort of central thinking so much. But... I Our own view is it probably will tend to be graduated and not panicky or not 50 basis points, but the market needs to see the evidence of that or some, some signalling or, or indeed the meeting itself.
0: Yeah, well, it's not going to be held by the fact that people are still out spending. So January's retail sales up 3.8% month-on-month. Month. That sounds like a year-on-year year figure, isn't it? Now, it does follow that uh, December figure, which showed a 2.5% fall, but quite a spike, and presumably, I mean, it shows uh, spending patterns are changing. But, I mean, that, that, that presumably is going to pass through to inflation numbers.
1: Well, it's... Um i, I def, you're definitely right you've, you've hit on a big part of it i think which is the um the pattern of shopping you know the the, the very strong was it the october numbers were particularly strong you know ahead of thanksgiving and uh, brought bring forward of sales and so forth and now we had another couple of week months after that we've had you know soft consumer confidence readings and people saying oh is the consumer done and then today, sort of Put all that to bed, hasn't it? So um, well,
0: it's, well, is it sustainable though? I mean, it, this these
1: are spending figures, though, aren't they? Well, so, so if, they p- are spending figures. It all depends upon employment and mm. uh, and incomes, right? And uh, that that's been positive, very positive. But if prices indeed. are
0: going up, then you'd expect if people are buying the same stuff that then then spending is going to go up as well. But the question is, are they going to keep spending at that rate, or are they are they going to say, well, okay, we have to cut back now, which is obviously what the the, the bank the central bank would like people to do. But also, are people going well, you know, if prices are going up, let's let's buy now, pay later. Let's make advantage of all of those schemes. Let's just get what we need before we have to pay more for these.
1: Yes, things. yes, and we did see today, didn't we? the The U.S. import prices release um, the largest in the history of this series, which goes back to 1989, uh, and, and that was evident on the consumer side. So, just looking through, scanning through some of the items, there, food and beverage import prices up 3.6 building materials. I think we know that story, 14.8. And yet on the auto side, hardly an increase at all. And we did see a rise in auto purchases today in the retail sales report up 5.7%, but doesn't seem that's from domestic production in the US because the uh, industrial production report showed auto production was flat for the past two months, virtually flat for the past two months. So are the bottlenecks improving or not? I'll well, say. I mean,
0: if we didn't have that question about bottlenecks, then as you're right, central banks would have acted a lot quicker, wouldn't they? Because the, the, these numbers are everywhere. So, you know, just in the last 24 hours, uh, South Africa, 5.7% year on year. That's their inflation rate. Canada, higher than expected, 0.9% for the month of January, 5.1% for the year. So, uh, and, you know, we, we I mentioned PPI for the uh, the UK, but we also got the CPI number. Uh, which uh, up slightly five point five percent for the for the twelve months to January up from five point five point four percent, but um, yeah, I mean wherever you look, it's going up. But those Canada figures, I mean, I assume I assume that is bedded in a, a March rate hike from the Bank of Canada, and there's uh, some I, suggesting I there so. that they maybe they'll be maybe right. looking at half a percent.
1: In, indeed, and uh, just looking at some of the headlines popping up on the screen now about Bank of Canada Phil, boc will be forceful if necessary in using policy mm. from deputy governor lane boc alert to risk inflation could be persistent so they're meeting on the 3rd of march so uh, you don't need to be uh, a triple phd economist to uh, of which i'm not of course to, to read through <laughs> what they're thinking there and as you say the underlying measures are uh, not only pushing up above well above the two percent, but sort of onward to, towards four percent now, so um, yeah it may well be that you know bottlenecks are a large part of this, but it's caught every central bank's attention and they need to do they need to step away, step back from super duper accommodative monetary policy that will make this worse.
0: Well, one thing we do know, the consequence of low interest rates, obviously, is that people borrow more for their housing, mm. and that pushes up house prices. So we've yes. seen, obviously seen that uh, in Australia in a big way, figures yes. uh, overnight as well for the UK, house prices up yes. 10 to 10.7% in the year to December. Interesting that London is just up five and a half percent. Those counties around the home counties in the southeast of England, twelve point six percent, thirteen point six percent for those people who uh, want to go and live in uh, in Poldock Country in the uh, in, in the West Country where the beaches. A of a people bit do?
1: A lot of people do Phil. yeah, or oh, they want to they want to get a foothold there. You know, an apartment, that sort of thing.
0: So these are big so, price uh, increases, though.
1: They are. Like uh, the median house, the average house price in the UK has gone up. Twenty-seven thousand pounds in the past year. Mm. That's uh, a cool seventy-five pounds a day if you do the, do the maths. So uh, three pounds an hour, probably pound fifty <laughs> by the time we finish this.
0: <laughs> Which is not <laughs> by the time we finish this podcast. Phil. Well, uh, there we are. You see, well, I've, I've got a mortgage. So I feel very happy about that. But those people trying to get yeah, a housing, yeah. housing ladder—that's a that's a that's a real problem for them. But I mean, and, 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 well, let's just yes. add that to the to the consumer squeeze though that's going on yes, in the UK. Yes.
1: Yes and and it's something that the it's caught the attention of the ECB too hasn't it you yeah. know I mean you've got uh, Isabel Schnabel who's on the governing council of the ECB yeah uh you know raising concerns about house prices and the cost of housing uh, I guess particularly Germany, but that's not generally, They don't right? include
0: the housing costs in their inflation numbers, do they? So. Correct. Correct.
1: And uh, the backstory to this is that last July, the governing council announced, or Lagarde announced, that uh, they'd be looking at developing inclusion of underoccupied housing in the C- in the HICP, the C- CPI. Uh, and um, uh, Schnabel said overnight that um, you know that if you do the calculations in the, in the September quarter of last year, housing would have added uh, 0.6 percentage points to the 1.4% core CPI. So in other words, it would have been a target uh, rather than below target. And of course, things have accelerated since then. Mm. So uh, this is something that's, that's caught their attention uh, and obviously adds to the concern about you know negative interest rates, uh, quantitative easing. She, she made some comments along the lines, well, there is a case to end quantitative easing. No timelines given on this, but obviously this is going to be a hot debate uh, when they meet next month, a very hot debate. And the market's yeah. already got priced in. The, bank of, the, the ECB will hike you know, in, in uh, you know, Q3. Q4 this year, you know, it could be sooner rather than later, but uh, so, that debate's still to be so had, So very of course. quickly, why
0: is China exempt from all of this then? Because the infl- inflation in China, uh, a lot lighter than most, 0.9% year on year, 0.4% month on month in January, food prices have actually mm. fallen, uh, the government has obviously been trying to d- do a lot to try and keep coal and steel prices down, so that will have helped. Yes. But China isn't easing off on policy support, they are going the no. other way. No, and uh, it
1: just—I uh, think one explanation is a lot more of the um, the goods and services that consumers uh, uh, buy are domestically produced within China. Mm. So we know the food inflation is negative within within China. Of course, food depends as much on weather conditions and so forth. Uh, and service sector inflation in China is. 1.7%. So hmm. domestic inflation, um, obviously, you've got things like iron ore prices, which have been very, very high, and commodity prices and so forth, but um, to, to some degree insulated from what's happening around the world. And despite, of course, their lockdowns and zero COVID policy.
0: Yeah, yeah. So they're less dependent on supply chain disruption, which would be a reason to say, well, that is the root cause of all of these problems. So uh, are central banks anywhere else going to have much influence? Look, the, the RBA uh, guy De Bell in front of the Senate last night, uh, mm. uh, he says uh, he thinks it's possible that rates will go up, but he's not sure that it's inevitable. So yes. <laughs> I'm not not really saying anything. Thanks for showing up, guy. Uh, but um, <laughs> did did, he, did we take anything at all from that uh, from that Senate? Here? I don't
1: think. I think it's a very similar message from what we'd heard from uh, from from Philip Lowe. Is not that you know a rate rise this year you know is is a plausible mm-hmm. thing, but without without saying it's definite. Yeah. Right. But,
0: right. um, okay. Well, we've I got, the, gonna... we've got, exactly. We've got we've got the labor market report. We need to talk about that uh, very quickly before okay. we go. Uh, uh, it's possible, of course, the unemployment rate's going to rise because we had Omicron, which may, might mean a few people were unable to look for work. So maybe a temporary blip in these numbers.
1: Yes. But, uh, I think that the read through on the, the Australian labor market is it's in, significantly rude health, isn't it? I mean, you've had seek job ads up 4.9% in January. We know that job vacancies are at record levels. Uh, Employers are screaming for people, okay, the recorded labour market report might be hit by Omicron. Let's see how the numbers play out. We did see a little bit of a flavour of that in the January NAB business survey with the employment index down to what uh, was it, minus one from memory, and it was plus 11 two months earlier, But I think this would be seen as a blip, wouldn't it, rather than anything other than transient, right?
0: Right, and the FOMC minutes, they're already out this morning. A couple of lines from those. One is, most participants suggested that a faster pace of increases in the target range for the federal funds rate uh, than in the post-2015 period would be warranted. So they're going hard, they're going fast, and uh, perhaps a pivot towards uh, a balance sheet runoff too, maybe starting in the third quarter uh, later this year. Uh, U.S. housing starts today, the Philly Fed business outlook. We've got the uh, weekly initial jobless claims, same as it's Thursday, and that is your lot. And uh, we'll talk about all that tomorrow. We'll talk about all tomorrow. Yes, you're back on again. Thank you, Mr. DeGuys. See you then. Thanks then, Phil. And that's it. That's the morning call for Thursday. I'm Phil Dobby. Thanks for listening.